So for the past three weeks, we've been talking about, and I'm going to hit some high spots, guys. And why am I hitting high spots? You know, I was talking, I was talking to Hampton, my son Hampton. Some of you know that he is in the army and he is on a deployment right now. And I was talking with him and, and, and I was asking, you know, what's your day like? You know, he said, well, you know, if we're not on a mission or if we're not on a patrol, we're training. And I was like, really? And I said, how does that go? He said, it's hot and it stinks and I hate the training. And he said, that was my attitude to start with. But listen to me, that's what he said. He said, that was my attitude to start with. He said, but now I understand why we're training. He said, we're training and 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 we're training. training. Sometimes doing the same things over and over and over and over. He said, Dad, they want us to get that in us so much that it's a part of us so that when we're out there on a patrol or we're out there on a mission in a life or death situation, we're not fumbling through some notes to try to figure out what training we need for this situation. It instantly responds. We instantly respond because of our training. Amen. So we're in training today, guys. Same precept right here. We're in training for life. We have an enemy, the devil, that is trying to steal, kill, and destroy everything we have, including the breath that we breathe, right? So we're in training. So if you hear me repeat something, listen, don't ever feel like you have arrived. Know that the Holy Spirit can give you revelation off of it. Glory to God, because we never truly arrive. Amen. So we're in training. We've been talking about favor. This is part four of Surrounded with Favor. I guess you guys already have that up there. And so we've determined according to Scripture, and I'm going to hit these high spots, that God wants his favor operating in everyone's life, right? And, and let me tell you something. I want to encourage you while we're doing this, get you a journal back there. They're back there. You can get the leather ones. You can get the little notebook ones. If you don't have a journal, get one. And start writing down day to day how God's hand moves in your life. It can be simple. It can be a good parking place. It can be a, a, a good sale price. It can be, come on, it sounds silly, but God, he, he's, he wants to operate in your life. And he can make the, his supernatural favor will always supersede natural circumstances. And he can make things happen in your life. It can be healing, guys. Come on, his favor, ooh, glory to God. It, it covers everything. So, and we've determined that, that he wants it operating in your life. And, and just to be favored means that you're going to be, you, you know, you're treated with advantages. You know, you need some advantages at work. Maybe the boss doesn't like you. I shared this testimony about my boss hated me. I, he, he didn't have any reason to hate me. He just didn't like me. Continued to do my work, and I didn't like him either. I'll be honest with you. I prayed for him some, you know. But he didn't like me. I didn't like him. And, and, and I didn't understand it. And I didn't know what was going on, this, that, and the other. And, 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 and long story short, you guys remember, he came, eventually came back and apologized. He said, I don't know what was happening. I don't know what was going on. I don't know why I didn't like you. I had no reason not to like you. But I'm sorry. Please forgive me, right? And I'm going to tell you, you just had to understand this guy and know him. He wasn't a very nice, pleasant person. For him to humble himself and do that was a big thing. But that was God's favor operating in that relationship to take care of that. See, when he, when he comes on the scene, it can change things, change things. So we've been establishing that belief is what we've been doing, guys. And, we, and, and we're looking, for, let me just remind you guys, we're looking for favor. We're not looking to man for hit favors, okay? Now, I'm not saying you can't go get a favor, this, that, and another. But I had a gentleman tell me, and he said, oh, that favor, man, that's, you're, you're full of bull. Of course, he used some other languages, and we were talking about it, you know, and, and he's kind of a rough guy anyway. He said, I'm, and he's a pretty successful business guy, and um, we were just 
he was asking me, hey, preach. He calls me preacher. What you preaching on, you know? And I was sharing it with him. And he said, oh, that's boy. He said, I'm, he said, I'm doing pretty good. And, and, and he's a home builder. And he said, I know enough people. And he said, if I need any favors, I know who to call. I don't need no God in my life to, to do any of that. Guys, he's sadly mistaken. Yeah. See, what, understand what he's doing. When you, and there's nothing wrong with knowing people. Come on, if you have, sometimes knowing people, man, it can make, it, it can take you places, right? It, it, it helped us massively when we developed, when we were growing our business, just knowing people and having contacts. But when you put all your trust and your faith in man to give you a favor to help you out in a situation, guys, you're, you're limiting yourself to man's abilities, and that's not pleasant. That's not where you want to be. See, you want to look to God for his supernatural favor to operate in your life, to, over, to, uh, to supersede natural circumstances that will bring favors from men, from men that you never would have thought would give you a favor, just like I have with the, with the boss in that situation, guys. Amen. So we've been establishing a belief in our minds and our, our spirit that God wants to treat us with favor. Okay, that's what we've been doing. Matter of fact, that's what actually what we do every week. We establish a belief. Why, is it, why do we need to establish a belief? Because what you believe in your head, guys, determines your response to life, right? And that, that's very important. But now it's important that we're, we're forming this belief. So when we're establishing it, we got to establish it on what? Scripture. The Word, God's Word. So we use Psalms 5 of 12 out of the Amplified. And it says, For you, O Lord, bless the righteous man, the one who is in right standing with you. Ooh, aren't you glad you're righteous, you know? Yeah. I saw a guy the other day who was talking about, you know, the download is complete. You know, you're 100% righteous. You're not 50% righteous. Get a revelation of the fact, you know, and then walk in the light of that. Right? I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah. Amen. But then it goes on, it says, you surround him with favor as with a shield. I'll take that every single day of my life. And then we also use Genesis 12 too. And let me just say this, guys, this is just two verses. I want, what, I'm, what I'm doing through this is I'm showing you how to make a, form a belief off of scripture and form a confession after that, right? And so we, we stood on this second verse. There are many verses talking about favor. And I encourage you to do your own in-depth study on that. And you can add to your list. Glory to God. If you're not careful, you'll be like me. You'll have a confession. It'll take you 30 minutes to, to, to proclaim it. Right. But Genesis 12, two out of the amplified classic, it says, and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors and make your, make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing, dispensing good to others. And now, I'll grab hold of that all day long. It'll make a nobody into a somebody, right? It will, if God's favors are operating in your life, I mean, it, it, you, he'll put you places. And he'll bring, bring people across your path. I remember when we had our business, guys, I, I took a big step of faith in, in launching that business. I, I walked away from my career and I worked on my own for a little bit, and then the opportunity for the business came, up, came about. And that was a big faith step because we didn't have any money to start it. And so we took that step. And through that, of course, God, you know, he, 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 you guys have heard the stories. We've met some very, you know, um, well-to-do customers. You know, we, we, we only dealt with uh, high-end customers. And so I was a nobody. I was a truck driver. You know, and just a nobody had a hard life broke from come out of, I won't say poverty, but we didn't have a lot, you know, but that was my life. I grew up working hard and, 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 
and I was a nobody as far as the world was concerned. But when we went into this business and we started launching this business and started getting connected to our, to our customers and our people, man, it, the weirdest thing happened, guys. They didn't treat me like a, a, an employee that was digging holes for them. Or they didn't treat me like somebody that was taking out their trash. Or Even though I was taking out their trash sometimes or my, or my employees were doing that. or this, They treated me, every one of them treated me with respect. And they would call on me as a friend. And I remember one time... <clears throat> We had one particular customer, and he, he has, I just found out that he has gone on to be with the Lord about six months ago. And this man died. When he died, he was a 1.6 billionaire. Does that make sense? That was what his estate was worth. The man has some, he was, he, he had some money and he was some wisdom and he loved me. He liked me. He took me under his wing and, and you know, he would always share the story. He started his business with $5,000 he had in his pocket and then he grew it to a worldwide business. But anyway, he called me one day and, and, and I was, I was there, you know, we work up on Lake Martin. So I'm always around the lake somewhere and he said, Hey, what are you doing? You know, I'm here, I'm down here. What are you doing? And I said, well, I, I said, I'm in the neighborhood. I was in the country club. I said, we're, I'm a couple streets over. And he said, hey, if you can get a minute, come on over here. Let me know you're coming. I'm going to fix you a cup of coffee. I got somebody I want to introduce you to. I said, all right. I said, I'll be there in about 20 minutes. You know, let me get, let me get cleaned up. Oh, you ain't got to get cleaned up because we had been doing some stuff. You know, I've been working. And so we went, <clears throat> I went over to his house and to visit with him. And I got there, guys, and he had a cup of coffee. He is a billionaire, and he's got me a cup of coffee sitting on the table, made the way I like it, right? Just the way I will, because I, we, I've had coffee with him before. And, and he said, hey, come on in here, and, and I cannot remember this gentleman's name. But he introduced me, the gentleman he introduced me to was the U.S. ambassador for the Czech Republic. Now, he introduced me to this man because he knew I, we, we had a lot of conversation. He knew I had a heart for missions and a heart for the world, and he just put it together. Now, he thought of me. Now, there's no telling how many people should be on his radar, but he thought of me enough to call and invite me over there to introduce this guy just because he has traveled the world, he's lived all over these spaces, and now he lives in the, in the country of the Czech Republic, and, this is, and he's the U.S. ambassador. I got to shake the man's hand, talk with him, and have, we sat there for about an hour just having a conversation, talking about different stuff, about traveling. Guys, I was talking about making a somebody into a or nobody into a somebody. Now I'm not trying. I'm not, and I did listen. You, you, God, can, God's favor operate in your life will do some strange but glorious things. Yes. Amen. Because it was awesome. It was awesome to see that. Now I want to elaborate on something because I can already see right now we're going to go. I wasn't going to do this, so we may not get to. Well, let's just this. The Holy Spirit wants us to do this, so we're going we're going to do this. But I do want to elaborate on something that I, you guys hear me talk about a lot. And it talk, I talk about establishing what you believe. And, and you've got to understand why you believe in what you believe. You know, I've always told you guys since the beginning of the church, you, you, we're in the day where you better know what you believe, why you believe it, and be able to explain why you believe it. So you've got to understand your beliefs because what you believe determines your response to life. Yeah. All right? We can, we can agree on that. Right, and, and so you hear me always say you establish what you believe on the Word of God. Now I didn't come up with that; I got that from an instructor at Rama, but it resonated with me so hard, because so 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 close and so deep because I dealt with this. Right, and let me just go ahead and say this because I had somebody finally tell me the other day that said, "Pastor, you tell, you say that all the time. I can't believe I can't establish everything that I believe on the Word of God because the Word of God doesn't tell me about how to do my job." 
And I wanted to slap them upside their face, but let me go ahead and say this because I did talk with them and understand. guys, it's, that's not what I'm talking about. If you, if you, if you feel led, God's leading you to be a doctor, go to the best medical school there is, right? And you get that education. And when those professors teach you how to be a doctor, you take that information to heart and you believe it. And when you have to perform those procedures, you fall back to that belief you formed in your head from what that educator has taught you. That professor has taught you. But what I'm talking about guys is how to live your life as a Christian. Guys, you don't want to go to your professor to find out how to live your life as a Christian. But there's a lot of people doing that, right? You, you know, amen? Yeah, yeah. Come on. This is very, very, it's very important, guys. What I'm talking about is, is, is what you believe about just everyday thing. Sickness. What do you, what do you, and I, don't answer this, but ask yourself, what do you believe about sickness? What do you believe about provision? What, what, do, you, what do you believe about relationships? What do you believe about marriage? What do you believe about sex? You know, it'll blow you away when you have conversations with people what they believe about sex and what marriage is and, you know, what is, what is a godly household now? And, and what do you really believe about all of these things, guys? And what I'm talking about, guys, is we as believers, we're called believers for a reason. Christians are called believers. We are to form what we believe on those things, guys, on God's word and then allow it to control our response to life. Yeah. Amen. Right. But unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians that aren't doing that. People are saved, and they're born again. They're going to heaven, guys. But what they're doing is they're still living their life based on beliefs that were formed before they came to Christ. And I dealt with this. I dealt with this, guys. Because when you lived in the world, and you guys know my testimony, I, got, I, didn't, I was in my mid-20s when I got saved. And so I had some life experiences, and that's where beliefs come from. Beliefs come from information and life experiences. And there's people that are now calling themselves Christians that are trying to have a relationship or have a marriage based on what they believe a marriage and a relationship is supposed to look like from before they knew Jesus. And guys, this don't work. This is not going to work. It is not going to work, guys. So what do you do? You have to, guys, please get this. The Holy Spirit gave me this this morning, so somebody needs this. You have to be the one that does the changing. Guys, in other words, you have to change what those beliefs were from before to what they need to be now, right? Because now you, when you got saved, you got new information to form your belief from, the Word of God. You're going to have new life experiences from God working in your life. You're going to have new life experiences, new things, to, to, to a new inst- instruction manual to draw and to reform your belief. But guys, there are people waiting on God to change what they believe in their mind. When he changes, I've heard a guy the other day, he was telling me, he said, well, when God takes that away from me, I won't, I won't have to deal with it anymore. I won't believe it anymore. God's not going to take it away. Guys, he's not, that, 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 that statement was made from a lack of information, a lack of knowledge of what the Word of God says, because it's not what the Word of God says. Amen? So you got, you got to, the next, after you get saved, guys, the next thing you got to do is you got to reform what you believe based on what God's Word says, and then allow those beliefs to determine your response to life, right? And you, and you got to understand something. You're the one that has to do this. You have to, God's not even going to, go with me to Ephesians. Michelle, Pastor Michelle was talking about this the other night. How many of you are joining Wednesday night where she's break? Ooh, glory, God. She's preaching to all of us. 
Woo! But Paul talked about it, guys. You are the one that has to change this. Look what he says here in verse 15, 17. Nope. Oh, I'm sorry. Chapter 4, verse 17. Verse 17. Living as the children of light. That's what I love about the Ephesians. The first three chapters is about who you are in Christ. And the last three chapters is about how you need to live as Christ. You know, if you ever wonder if your lifestyle is right or things, get into Ephesians. It'll tell you. You may, you may, it may hurt your feelings, but it'll tell you, right? <laughs> That's all right. It hurt mine when I first got into the, when I first came to the Lord. But look what Paul said here. And you understand in context, Wade, and he's talking right here. He's a little upset in this particular situation. He's kind of, so I, I say that to say, he's kind of telling it like it is, you know, amen. And he says in verse 17, he says, with the Lord's authority, I say this. In other words, he's being kind of straight to the point and in your face. I say this, Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Now, this, is, this would be the people before Christ. So the, I'm talking about in our, in our time that don't know Jesus. It says their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against them. They have no sense of shame. Sounds like today, right? They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus, you have learned the truth that comes from him. Now, let's stop there just one second because I want to point something out, guys. This is the dangers of playing with church. Because you can't get mad at the sinner because they've never heard the truth. They're just deceived right now. Right? And they're going to live how they live because that's what they know. They know that because the world has trained them to live that way, and that's all they know. They're, they have a lack of knowledge of what God's Word says. They don't know anything about it. But once you hear the truths, in other words, when you come in the church and you hear the Word and you get in the Word and you still continue to live that other way, guys, that's not good. All you're doing then is grieving the Holy Spirit, and you don't want to do that, right? Absolutely not. Amen. But he goes on, and this is what he tells us what you got to do. He's, Paul says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. So before you got saved, you formed your belief on every, just life experiences from the world. What the world says, what the news tells you, what the professors tell you. Come on now. All of these things, what the doctors tell you, you form it on that. Right? And you're driven by your lustful, sinful nature. I mean, you know, you have a sinful nature before you come to Christ. But when you come to Christ, your, your nature, the spirit man on the inside of you, has now been made new. Right? Now, what he's saying here is you have to walk in the light of that change. You, you know, because you can get saved on Sunday and then be right back at the club or right back over at the girl's house or going back over doing whatever you want at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. People say, well, how did that happen? You just got saved. They're not walking in light of the change that took place on the inside of them. Remember, the Holy Spirit will never, never force himself on you. God's not going to force you to do anything. He gave us free will to make our choice of our own. He wants you to love him as he loves you and choose him. But he gives you free will to make that choice. So you can choose to live in sin if you want to, or you can choose to walk with him and commit to him and live under his precepts and principles if you want to. And that's what's pleasing to him, guys. But what he's, Paul's saying here is you've got to take that out of the way. Get, put that old man, that old sinful nature off. And then he goes on, he says, instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. 
Put on the new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Guys, you've got to put the old man off and you've got to put the new man on. There are people that are saved and they're still waiting on God to remove the old man. You have to consciously do that. And I'm going to tell you something because I dealt with this. When you get saved in your mid-20s and you live your life in the world, man, we, I did some stuff. Not bringing glory to the devil. I'm just te- giving you a testimony. Some, te- some stuff. And I'm going to tell you, it was hard to get away from that stuff. And it was hard to walk away. It was hard. I had, man, I can tell you something. I was holding on to that verse for months when I first got saved. Because my body, my flesh kept wanting to go back to the old things that felt good, the old things that were fun, the old things. What I thought was fun and what I thought felt good. Well, it did feel good in the flesh, but there were, there were problems with that, right? And I would hold on to that verse and I would just constantly, I'm putting on the new man. And now, and so I, I was like, well, God, and I'll never forget when the Holy Spirit gave me this revelation. I, I had just got saved and I was just dealing with this and all of this. And God finally, t- this was when I was learning his voice. It wasn't an audible voice, but he just dropped into, the, into my spirit. He said, you're going about this the wrong way. He said, I've made a way. Renew your mind. Amen. Romans 12, 2. Be transformed. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's how you put on the new, that's how you put on the new man. You, in other words, you renew your mind on the word of God. So what are you doing? You're forming new beliefs. See, now you're renewing on his word. You're renewing. That's why you need to be doing it. It can't be just a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night thing, guys. And depending on where you are, if it, depending on what you've been through and how much you need to rechange the way you're thinking and the, what you're believing, you may need to renew your mind every couple of hours. Come on, I know I did. But you've got to retrain what you believe and get those old beliefs out of the way. And I'm not trying to tell you what to believe, guys. You get in the word. And you let the Holy Spirit give you revelation of what you believe. You need to allow everything that you believe to be based off of what God's Word says. And if you'll learn to do it, man, it'll make things so much easier in your life. You won't get caught up in these worldly debates or these worldly discussions. You know, we saw this with, 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 with the election and, and so much went on and so much was all over the place. And people, I mean, people were just trying to get us to take a stand one way or the other. Blatantly, take a stand, take a stand, take a stand. And I would always just go back to him. What does the word of God say? Eh? Amen. Yeah. I run it through the filter of the word. Amen. Amen. And, and let me tell you something. We didn't take a stand one way or the other. Amen. Amen. Because that's not what we needed to do at this time. God wasn't calling me to do that. And, then, and this, you should, this goes on with all the things that go on in this world. Run it through the filter of the word. Yes. You know, you want, should I vote for... For, for, for certain lifestyles, what does the Word say? Should I support it? What does the Word say? It's not that hard. But if you're going to say that, you need to know what the Word says. You need to be renewing your mind on the Word so that you're reforming what you believe and it needs to stay fresh so that when life comes against you, you can respond instantly, not from opinions, not from flesh, but you can respond for the one thing that we know is true, which is the Word of God. Right. Amen. Amen. You got, you got, it's not happening though, guys. It's not happening. There are, there, and what really dropped this on my heart was Friday, I was talking with, I was at the, I was at the, uh, the, well, I mean, I was at Home Depot, but I, I won't say the name of the church, but this guy had a church, sir, all right, particular church, big church here in Auburn, 
And he was there with his children. And his kids were acting up. And they were not behaving. I'll be honest with you. They were not behaving. But his response to their behavior, he literally grabbed a a little two-by-two. Now, I know he was kidding. I hope he was kidding. A little two-by-two, like a little picket on a a deck, you know, on those small boards. He grabbed it up, picked it up like this. You want me to beat you or to spank you or something with this? And I'm standing there. Of course, that got my attention, you know, and I immediately looked back. And I saw the shirt that he was wearing. And then he went on with some 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 not and so nice words to his children. His children were young, right? Now, in my eyes, as a pastor and as a father and as a man of God, that's not how you would treat your children, a young child. Now he's wearing the shirt, the shirt. So I'm assuming I I didn't get to have much conversation because I, I did get in the in the conversation in the mix, but he didn't want to talk to me. But I'm assuming he's saved. I mean, he's wearing the shirt. He's pretty proud of it, you know. And so he's, he's wearing the shirt, but yet he's, 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 he's treating his children like the way the world would tell you to treat your children. So you need, to, you need to know what the Word of God says about how you raise your children, how you treat your children. But see, there's a lot of people trying to, trying to raise their children based off of beliefs from before they knew Jesus. Yeah. Before they had it. They, they haven't taken the time to renew their mind. And guys, this is, this is so important. I'm going to tell you something. You know... You know, I went through this big time, big time. I went through this. You know, when I was, I remember when I was 15, I came out of elementary school. And, you know, it was time to go to high school. I think I was 15. I can't remember. Anyway, I went from eighth grade to ninth grade. And uh, I was, uh, it was time to, I grew up next door to my elementary school. I literally went to, I literally could look out the kitchen window and see the school. So I went from kindergarten to eighth grade at that school. So I could, I could leave home at 7.55, and if I hustled real good, I could get in my seat and be sitting there when the bell rang at 8 o'clock. Well, when I went to high school, that was different. It wasn't there. And um, the high school was about as far as from here, say, to Tigertown from my house. Pretty good distance, yeah. And my, pa- my family, and this is, I don't want to criticize my family, but I'm just going to tell you like it is. We live like most people do today. You know, we were extended. We were living by our means, by the money that we made. Everything was about what we could get with our money. Both mom and dad worked. Both of them worked early in the morning to late at night. I hardly ever saw my parents. If I wanted breakfast, I got up to fix my breakfast when I was in eighth grade, ninth grade. And if I wanted something to eat when I got home, nobody was at home. If I wanted to do my homework, I could. If I wanted to, if I needed, got hungry because mom would usually get home about seven o'clock, I'd have to fix something, this, that, and other. But through all of this, I developed some beliefs about the world because we didn't go to church. And if we did go to church, it was the few times we went to a church, it was just a small church that teach you a Bible story. Nothing wrong with a Bible story, but guys, you need to get into understanding the precepts of God's word because that's what you need to be living by. And, but I formed some beliefs. And I remember I didn't have a way to get to school. And I had to walk. It'd take me about 45 minutes to walk to school and walk home. Every now and then I'd get lucky enough to to, to, to get, find somebody with a car going that way that could get me closer. And I had to, man, I was so happy when I got my car when I turned 16. I never cut so much grass. I wanted a car. And I had to buy my own car. I was cutting grass. I was doing anything. So happy to get it. But I had to walk to school. So I wasn't happy, man. And you walk 45 minutes and it start raining on you or it be cold and you're just all bundled up and you just walking, 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 carrying your books and all that. And I'd get to school. I wasn't ready to do school. I wasn't happy. 
All that, all that being said is I, I formed some beliefs. You know, I, I can remember. I didn't believe there was a God. I didn't believe that I didn't want any kids because I saw myself as a burden on my parents. Right? These are the, and these are, these are the beliefs that I formed off of my life experiences and off what the world taught me. You know, I didn't want children because I, I didn't want to have to work two jobs to, and, and never see them and then, then, and then didn't have to worry about trying to get them to school, blah, 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 blah. These were the things. I had to deal with this, guys. And when I, got to, when I came to Christ and started having a family of my own, you know, I, I, had, to, I had to relearn how you do this. Yeah. How do you have a relationship, a correct relationship? Because let me tell you something. I had formed some beliefs about what a, what a relationship would look like based on what the world said. Because at my school, buddy, it was, you know, you just sleep with whoever you want, whenever you want, however you want. It didn't matter. Just do it because it feels good. Everybody else is doing it. Do it, you know. I'm not in church. I had nobody instructing me, nobody telling me in any way different. I had no idea about renewing my mind on the scripture, any of that, guys. And when I came to Christ, but I knew something on the inside of me just wasn't right, which is what led me to Christ, you know. The Holy Spirit was yanking me. He was like, I got something for you. Come on. I need you on my team here. Get in here, you know. And so I'll say all that to say this, guys, is I, I understand this personally. And I want you to go home this week and, and, and just think, is there anything you need to, to, to adjust do you have any old habit that was based way before you knew Jesus about your relationship, about your children, about, uh, about how you view lifestyles, about how you, maybe your lifestyle is you, I'm not, I'm not even going to throw, I'm not even going to throw examples. You can use your imagination, guys. If you need to change them and you need to know how, or you need to want, or you're wondering how do I need to change that belief, then get into God's word, renew your mind on it, find every verse that you can find in that situation, allow the Holy Spirit to give you revelation, and then cross-reference it, study it, study it, and, allow if what you, and reform a belief about how your particular situation, right? In other words, if you need to know about marriages, get in there and see what the word of God says about a marriage. If you need to know how to treat your employees, get in there and see what it says about treating your employees. If you need to understand how to treat your children, how to raise your children without just beating them half to death, come on. I had seven kids. I know how it feels, right? <laughs> listen, but, <laughs> but listen, the point is, guys, you got to reform what you believe after you come to Christ. And it's important that you do it. If you don't do it, guys, it's, it's, uh, you're, you're, hurt, you're hurting yourself. You're making it harder on yourself, guys. Amen. Amen. So let's, let's, let's get back to God's favor. Right? I'm watching the clock. Guys. I'm going to get you out of here. But we've been renewing our minds on God's word so that we believe without a shadow of doubt that God wants his favor to be reigning in our lives. All right? Can we all agree on that? Amen. Amen. And, of course, it starts with believing because when you believe it, so you've got to form the belief, you believe it, now you can access it by faith. Right? Because you can't access your faith on something that you don't believe. Right. right? And we talked about how you access your faith with the confession of your words. Go read Mark 11, 23, 22, 23, and 24. Speak to your mountain. Open your mouth. Speak. Speak, guys. This is very important. Confess the promises of God over your life. Now, I spent three weeks breaking that down. And I've, it's been a long... I, don't, I was talking with God and I was like, I don't remember the last time he kept me on a particular subject for so long. Now, what, what, am, what do I mean by that is it was pretty important. If you missed one of the past two, especially one of the past two Sundays, as soon as those podcasts get up, go back and listen to it. Because we need to understand the words that come out of our mouth. 
right? We don't have super magical powers, but the words that come out of your mouth, they mean something. When you're confessing the word of God over your life, things change, things happen, right? Amen. So, and we, so, but you access God's favor by faith, by your faith. And let me just say this, I'm going to close with this because, because I'm not going to have time to get into, to, to what I wanted to get into, but let me just close with this. But you access God's favor by faith, your faith, believing on the belief that we just established on the word of God. So now you need it to operate in your life. So in order for it to operate in your life, you confess. You confess those verses that we just talked about because that's what we form the belief on. You confess them over your life and you call that favor to come on you. When you pull up to the parking lot, you pray and you believe for the right parking place. Come on. It sounds silly, but it will. I'm telling you guys, this will work. This will work. Now, let me give you three things that you need to make sure that you understand about faith. And, you know, we talk about faith all the time, but faith, we need to understand faith. It's everything, guys. It's everything. And it's, it's everything. Every precept, every promise, every principle in God's word, the way we access all of it, even the way we access God, salvation is only by faith. So we need to understand faith, but if you want to see your faith bring results, say you're believing God for something, whatever it may be, like I'm believing God now for a new car or a different car, and you know, and it'll it'll come, and I know it will. But the first thing you got to do to, and I say formula, it may not be a formula, but you need to do some things. And if you're writing, taking notes, I want you to write this down. But if you're believing God for something, if you want to see results from your faith. The first thing you got to do is believe, right? We determine that. You got to believe. And then you got to confess it. We, we covered that also. You got, in other words, you've got to speak on what you believe. It's got to come out of your mouth. You got to speak to your problem. You got to call those things that be not as though they were, just as God did with Abraham, right? And you, but you, and you got to do that. Now, this next one I want to give you this is the one that most people, this is where mo- that's where most people get that far. And then they stop. But the next thing you got to do is you got to act. You got to act. There has got to be corresponding action to what you believe. There's got to be. Now, what does that what does that look like? Well, if God called you to start a business and you're believing it by faith and you believe that he's going to provide all the provisions standing on his word, standing on his scripture, and you believe he's going to provide you for it and you believe it by faith and you're confessing that scripture over your life. Act like it. What does that mean? Well, I don't have the money to start my business, so stop speaking doubt. Act like it. Maybe you need to go to a business school at night to learn some stuff. Take steps of faith in that direction. Start a, open a checking account with a business name on it. You may only have $100 in it, but that's a start. That's a step of faith. Act like it. Invest. Open up a savings account in the business name. Every dollar that comes in that you believe that are to go towards that, say you're raising $100,000 to go towards that $100,000, every time that money comes in, you put it in the right place where it needs to go and you declare over it and you confess. Father, thank you for your provision. This is to go for such and such business that I know you're calling me to do and I'm going to be a success at it so I can be your hands and feet in this kingdom that you're establishing on this earth. And as you're doing all of this, guys, and you stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit's you, when you build up some money, then the Holy Spirit may lead you to invest that glory to God. And guys, it just becomes a snowball, but it all starts with action. You got to move. 
You got to do something. You got to move. If you came down here believing for healing, don't go home patting your sickness. Well, it didn't immediately go away. Come here, whatever. Come here, bad hip. You know, I'm just going to carry it. I guess God wants me to carry it to the grave. No, shut your mouth. Confess the word. First Peter 2.24 tells us that by his stripes, we were healed. Past tense. It was a done deal. And you keep confessing. I don't care if the pain's still there. You keep confessing and you walk. I'll walk. If I may not be able to walk very good because of my hip. I'm just using that as an example. But it, it may hurt a little bit. But I don't care. You walk until that healing manifests. Glory to God. But you, and you watch your mouth. But you got to act. You got, and a lot of people don't act, and then you'll receive, guys. This is, this is a big one. See, think of it. And James even talked about it. You know, he said, go with me to James. I'm, 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 I'm closing out, guys. I promise. I think. <laughs> I think. This is important, guys. It really is. You know, we're preaching. <laughs> uh, I think it's in verse uh, four, 14. Now, this, uh, James 2, verse 14. Actually, James actually talks about this in James 1, I think in verse 23, 22, I think it is, where he talks about be doers of the word, not just hearers only. And we're supposed to do what he tells us to do. In other words, you got to act. you got to move. Action. Action. But look what he says right here, and this is where he talks about uh, faith without works is dead. Right? But in verse 14, he says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? See, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. I think the, it's the King James Version that says that faith without works is dead. Guys, you've got to act on your faith. There has to be corresponding action to what you believe. Think about it like this. Say I'm starving. I hadn't eaten food in three days, four days. You know, I don't have anything to eat and I'm starving. And Jordan brings me this, and I'm standing here looking at my table, and Jordan brings me this big plate. Uh, I'll say Rebecca, she, she, the girl can eat. I mean that in a positive way, you know. She can eat. You ever go eat? Anyway, <laughs> Rebecca brings me this big plate. You know, it's got turkey and dressing with a little gravy on the top, a little green bean casserole, a little, a little you know, a, you know, a little cranberry sauce over here and a little sweet potato, sweet potatoes. And, and then we've got to come on around here. Got to have some Mama D baked beans on this corner over here. Now, here, you know, oh, man, if you ain't had those. Now, he bring, she brings it up here and Rebecca says, here, your life saved. I brought you some food. Now, I'm looking at that food and I'm starving. Now, I believe in my heart that that food's going to save me if I eat it, right? I mean, anybody, any logical person would believe that, right? And I can confess, I can tell you, guys, y'all, thank you for this, Rebecca. You know, when I eat this, this is going to save me. It's going to save me. It's going to save my life. My belief's right. My confession's right. But if I don't ever move, come on, if I don't pick that fork up, if I don't put, if I don't do anything, I'm going to say, I can confess, I can confess and confess until Jesus comes. I ain't going to make it that far because I'm going to die. But if I don't move, I die. It's the same principle, guys. Same precept. God needs you to move. When he's calling you to do something, there has to be a corresponding action to what you have, the belief that you have formed on the word of God. When you form that belief, but it's on the word of God, 
Come on, now you got to act on it. That's how you have to move, 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 move. There's a lot of people that got to believing and confessing down pat. Amen. Amen. Now, what does that have to do with favor? Let me bring it back to that. Let me see how to tie that in. Thank you, Father. Well, if you're asking for God's favor to operate in your life, and you're, you're, you're confessing it, and you're using the scriptures we gave you, and you're confessing that over your everyday life, and you're, you're calling that, God, I want your favor in every area. Every area of my life, from healing, from provision, from every, finances, from every, I'm calling it all my life. Then act like it. That's what you need to do. You need to act like it. What does that mean? You need to expect it to show up. Yeah. You don't get in here and say, I'm blessed just to make Pastor Allen happy because he's been preaching on it. No, you say you're blessed because you believe it because you form that belief and you expect things to happen. You expect the promotion. You expect the, the, the good parking place. You expect the sale price on whatever. You expect favorable treatment in your life because you are a son and daughter of God, the creator that wants to do these great things for you, not to, to pump you up because he loves you and he knows your heart is connected to him. Amen. Amen. Expect it. Let me tell you. I'm, I'm closing this, I promise. Let's tell you a story. <laughs> Y'all want to hear one more story, one more story, right? That's really short. Yeah, yeah. I, had a, I had a friend of mine, a really good, good friend of mine. And he's a good Christian guy. Now, he, he could, he could, we could talk about some favor. And this is why the Holy Spirit brought this back to my memory. Because he, every time I'd meet him, I'd go to shake him. Man, how's your week been? I'm blessed and highly favored. Blessed and highly man, man, I want that to come out of you, not just because I'm telling you to do it, but because you believe it. But he believed it. And I remember one time he came to see me. And he said, you ain't going to believe what happened. Let me tell you this story. You're going to love it. You're the only one that can appreciate this. He said, I got up this morning and I didn't have hot water when I went to get my shower. And so he's like, I knew something was wrong. He was a plumber, so he knew something was wrong. So he went and looked in his, in his closet. And his water line was busted. And his, and his water heater was busted. The hole in his water heater had busted. So, you know, my day, he said, my day didn't start out real good. And I had to decide what I was going to do right there. You know, I mean, you know, a lot of people would have kicked, cussed, and this, that, and the other, and rant and rail, and yelled at everybody around the world, and this, that, and the other. But he, he said, I had to respond. So, and so he, he said, so I just patiently went to God and said, all right, God, I got to have a water heater. Where do you want me to go? Now, he was just that kind of a person. He didn't just go out on a whim and just do something. He went to God, take a few minutes, talk to God about it. And he had the money, you know, an emergency fund set aside. And so he knew a water heater was going to cost him about $450, something like that. And God told him he was going to the supply house to get a water heater because he had an account there and he could charge it. He was on his way there and he just felt impressed in his spirit to go to Home Depot. And he's like, Home Depot? I don't ever buy a water heater. I'm, you know, he's a plumber. He's like, I don't, I don't do that. Why would I go there? And he said, no, you just need to go there. So he did. He was like, goodness gracious, I'm going to Home Depot. If my plumbing friends see me here, they'll think I'm... Anyway, so he got to Home Depot, got the parking spot right up front. He said, God's favor was already working. So I went inside, and he said, I figured well, they must have had a water heater on sale, and God wanted me to have it. So he goes in, look at the water heaters, and they got all the new ones there, and then there was two sitting right here. And these two water heaters, they were a different brand, but they were the old brand. Home Depot was going to a new brand. You know, so these, these were on clearance. They were on sale for 200 and I think it was like $89, something like that. He's like, yes, all right, thank you, Jesus, God's favor, man. Already I've saved $150, $160, glory, glory to God. You know, he's kind of having his little happy dance right there in Home Depot. So he puts the water heater up on his cart, and he rolls it up to the, 
to the, uh, to, the, to the cash register. Now, that's a pretty good deal right there to save $160. We'd all be happy, right? Well, that ain't the end of the story. He gets up to the register, and she rings his water heater up. She said, oh, today's your lucky day. And he said, why is that? And she said, you got the one cent item. He said, what? He said, yeah, if things are supposed to be removed from our system, I don't know if they still do this, but she said, he showed me the tickets. He said, she told him, she said, if things have not been removed from the shelf that are supposed to be out of the system and then you find it, you get it for one cent. He said, praise God. And then he said, wait a minute, does that mean both of them are one cent? She said, absolutely, I'll be right back. He went and got both water heaters. <laughs> Guys, he went and got both water heaters. He was so happy when I saw him when he pulled up. He said, you ain't going to believe it. I woke up mad at the world. I could have been yelling, cussing, but glory to God. God was working in my life. He took me not to the supply house, but he took me to Home Depot, and I got my water heater for well, he said he got, he showed me the ticket. He said, I got my water heater for one cent, got another for one cent. So now I went home, put my water heater in and I was needing a water heater that morning. And this afternoon I just sold the other one for $300. Glory to God. I mean, talk about it. He was just, he was just, he was beside himself. God loves me. His favor. I'm surrounded by his favor, guys. Expect it. Then some people may say, oh, that's just your lucky day. No, that's God's hand operating in your life. That's so cool. I love that story. I love that story, guys. Listen, I I told you I was closing with that, guys. I I hope you guys have made your confession. I was going to make you do a confession, but I'm not going to do that for the sake of time. But I want you to make your confession and use your confessions. And we're going to get into this thing. We're going to keep going. You know, there's still so much to, 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 to teach on this and to preach on this, guys. But I want to, why do I want the favor operating in your life? Because, and it's just simply because we need to be the success that God's called us to be. You need to be a successful business person. You need to be successful in your career. It's not about, you know, gaining stuff or material things, even though God will bless you with those things because he loves the desires of your heart. And of course, all of it goes all the way back. Are you connected to him? Are you seeing him as your source? Is your heart right? Are you just trying to gain it to get stuff? Or are you just trying to gain it because you want to enjoy life? I mean, so you've got to be connected with him first. But with that... That's why you need the favor of God operating in your life. All of us do. We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't, without a doubt. You guys have heard story after story. 